Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the TetraCast. My name is Zach Reese. I'm your host. It is the March 3rd, 2018 edition. Joining me today in this special episode, we've got, first off, Josh Torres. I missed the 100th episode, but that means that we're done with like our test run of the podcast for the first 100 episodes, and now the real podcast begins. Exactly. Like it's this the first legit episode. <laughs> That's what we got plans for. And we've also got uh, James Galizio. Hello. Hello. Yes, James, you were the one who joined me for the 100th edition of the podcast. Uh, we didn't really do anything special for it. Uh, I fucked cause... up. I missed it. I, my, yeah. my room was it was being torn down, and I, I physically could not make it to the podcast. I'm more appropriate, though, than uh, the 100th podcast being kind of uh, small. Yes, that was actually... <laughs> one time, we go under one hour. Ironically, we hit 54 minutes. That was our 100th episode, but also maybe our shortest podcast we've ever done. Congratulations. So. Maybe more people made it to the end of the podcast. Yes, that's actually good. We've got a few people mentioning that they appreciated the shorter episode. We'll see what happens. Because uh, we got a lot to talk about in this episode. Holy crap, this past week was kind of a, in some respects, a shit show. Uh, but shit show. there's mm-hmm. other things that happened that actually some some good news, uh, some exciting news, um, and possibly something that I'm actually really looking forward to playing myself in the news. Uh, but first, before we do that, we always like to talk about the games that we've been playing. So first off, James, it uh, looks like you got to check out uh, East Origin. I assume it's not the Xbox One release. That's not till later, but uh, you yeah, tried man. out. Which version did you end up playing? Well, I've had the PC version for a while, and I've kind of been halfway through a playthrough for the last like three or four years or something like that. Oh, really? It's not that long Yeah, ago. earlier this year, I decided I really needed to actually finish the East games that I kind of had half-finished. So, like, I went through East 1 and 2, like, in January, East Oath and Pavana around the same time. So I decided that it would be about the right time to go through East Origin because, um, well, just been uh, Monster Hunter has been slowing down a bit, so... Yeah, you kind of did almost everything you could possibly do in that game, it seems, at this point. Isn't Origin the one where it has, like, two routes, like, two characters that you can... Three routes? Technically three. Um, East Origin is the one East game where you do not play as Adol, so it's known for that, but for all intents and purposes, it is a mainline entry. It plays almost exactly like the um, Ark and the Pish Dimension games. You've got magic, you've got... Um, bullet hell bosses, stuff like that. Well, I should, should mention, the reason you can't play Adol is because it takes place thousands of years before the events that Adol was around. Oh, just a thousand? I forget how long ago it was. I knew the answer because at AX there was that um, question about Ease Origin, actually, and I just uh, completely forgot, even though I was the one that answered that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it was like thousands of years ago. It's like a yeah, long time ago. In, uh, canonically, the first far, game, that's why it's Origin, yeah. Yeah, but uh, that's that's cool. I remember I I I rank Origin pretty highly on like a list of games. Oh, it's I a think... very good one. Yeah. The only reason I see why people wouldn't like it is because there isn't really that much exploration. It's very much a dungeon crawler. It's just you're going up Darm Tower, much larger than Darm Tower in East One, by the way. But uh, don't know why that is. Yeah, and uh, just going through it, fighting bosses. It's very fun. I kind of like it just because of the fact it's pretty different that there is no real... Well, there is a story, but there is no, like, villages, towns, no... It's all in the tower. Talking to shop creatures, it's just all in the tower. I like it that there's not much downtime in it. You're constantly doing something in it. Like, the action's always 
being presented in front of you and it's always super tense because of the music yeah it's super well, it's like the lightning pace yeah. that's actually the first game first east game i beat uh, i reviewed it for the site so I, I i kind of had to beat it in a respect but i had a lot of fun with that game it's everything including the fast-paced action the music is fantastic good. yeah so good mm-hmm. it's cool I mean, it's an oxymoron to really mention fantastic soundtracks to oh, falcon games music but it's still so good Ooh. I definitely say that of these games I've played, East Origin probably has one of the most consistently strong soundtracks. Yes, I feel like absolutely, there's no weak weak parts about that game at all, uh, and and great characters too. Like some of the characters are just so like Epona is so great. Oh my gosh, you have a main character that actually has a personality besides Love Love's Adventure. <laughs> that's, that's always <laughs> good. Yes. Yeah. Um... I wonder if Tom will ever like make another sort of East game without Adol. They'll try to venture back into that. I don't know because Adol, I think, obviously, he's just he's the uh, you know the mascot of the series, pretty much. He's the main character of all the all most of the games, apparently. And so taking him out, I think that would be kind of like uh, sacrimonious. You know, I don't think people would like that so much. If they were going to do that, they probably wouldn't have um, transitioned to the party system. Where you can play multiple characters. That's yeah, true. That's a good yeah. like go between. Yeah, a good like uh, you know, just trade off for that stuff. I but Z Eight was more Donna's game than at all. So that's I've yet to play it. So I'm <laughs> looking forward to playing the PC release. I guess that's the kind of one I'm actually uh, hanging out for at this point. But well, I mean, you might as well. Yeah, <laughs> you've made it this far, it. man. <laughs> Maybe There's the always Switch. the Switch version too. Yeah, yeah the Switch release. I, I guess I'm just holding off a little bit because I want the best experience. Uh, but I guess the PC release may not be that one. I don't know because of all the bugs <laughs> they're talking about. So maybe I should just go ahead and buy the PS4 version and just call it a day. But uh, I'm I'm just excited for that, and I, and I hope that you know because all the East games have been so successful on PC. It's like I kind of also want to see Memories of Salsada finally uh, show up on there. That's the only it's, other it's East happening. game I covered. It, on it's site. happening. Memories of Salsa is happening. Like there was that. I think I even mentioned this last podcast, but yeah, yeah, the had that like little teaser, and like people found out that one of the silhouettes was a character from Salsa. So they haven't officially announced it, but they basically have. That's yeah, they do that. uh, I know, like uh, for the past few years, it's been really easy to tell. Like for example, what Exceed Games has been doing because they put out their New Year uh, card. They didn't have the New Year's thing for like two years. It's like this is the first year that they've kind of done that New Year's teaser again. In yeah, a while. it's awesome because that's how they teased uh, the uh, Charles in the Sky uh, second chapter, I think, when they had like the uh, the bicep, whatever it was. That was the the teaser. Uh, unless I'm thinking of something else, but uh, uh, there was also the year where like uh, I think Adam uh, Vitali was on vacation, and so he used to be like, I mean, he still is obviously covering a lot of the news, but this is around that time when he was gone there was all those like domain registrations that went up that uh exceed forgot to mask and so we were able to get like a lot of big announcements uh well before they planned to announce them so that was that was also a crazy time i hope they kind of put a release out on that uh sukuna of rice game yeah that looks cool that's like harvesting like an action rpg looks cool. yeah i tried that at e3 i I still like i'm still super ready to get my hands more on that that felt really good to play yeah, I played it at D three. Reminded me a lot of Muramasa. It did, <laughs> oh, for sure, for many respects. Yeah, just the the aesthetics of it all. But so besides, I, I forget. Sorry. Yeah, I, I'm just trying to remember if like if the developers behind that did Fairy Bloom Freezer or not. I, I remember they it was did. Like, they like, also did uh, Astabreed. Oh, That's yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, people. those developers are good then. Mm. 
So aside from East Origin, you've also been playing some Overwatch, it looks like? On, yes, I've been playing Overwatch on PC, and I know you... Uh, should I talk about what I was going to talk about now, or... Because they kind of go hand in hand. I have absolutely well, no idea what you're talking the, about, so... new character? No, um... So, pretty much directly after I... Um, the podcast last week, when we recorded it, a friend of mine called me up and said, Hey... Are you still down to give me your old graphics card if I upgrade the power supply in this crappy pre-built that he got from a friend? And long line of... (laughs) It went from there, so he got the power supply. I gave him my old graphics card. He's like, okay, let's see if Overwatch runs on this thing. It did. Because he's one of my friends that I play Overwatch with on PS4, or at least did. Yeah. And uh, he started playing Overwatch on PC. I started playing Overwatch on PC ended up happening when it was on sale so we both got it for like 20 bucks worked out and uh now pretty much every one of my friends that i play with like in real life in real life friends like friends from high school and whatnot that i played with like on ps4 are uh building pcs at probably the worst possible time to build in the middle of the yeah. time with the bitcoin shit like the <laughs> graphics cards twice the msrp it's insane yeah, bad yeah. Right now. and all i really wanted to say on that is like overwatch i've talked about on the show on this uh podcast before i i like it pc version is faster paced if anyone's played it on ps4 just think okay so everyone has better aim and can react faster because it's not just yes. oh I found that out because I, I, my friends at work decided to, like, they want to play the PC version. I only had experience with the PS4 release, so it was a night and day in terms of yeah. skill. I mean, it's still the same game, but everything's much faster paced. Like, I played Zarya on PS4 for a long time, and then I started playing Zarya on PC. And because people are shooting quicker and you have um, fast reaction times, like, Zarya is so much easier to play on PC yeah, okay. because people act, actually hit the bubbles so have you uh played brigitte yet the new uh female ah, character yes. I, uh, is, is it brigitte yeah brigitte? they announced brigitte? it as brigitte and i was like oh not bridget it's brig brigitte <laughs> when they when she said i'm like oh okay i right. played a bit of her I haven't played too much i only played her like one round it's, on she's gtr cool. she's like a flail it's awesome and then like they've got like a crazy things like she sets a shield down and use a shield bash and then her her, her ultimate is so amazing as well so it's she's just... she's torbjorn's daughter and yes. she's like some sort of like uh uh he's a reinhardt to, to oh, yeah. okay yeah okay. She, she, she obviously she's way more defense oriented uh compared to torbjorn which is just you know setting up uh turrets and things like that mm-hmm. so she uh, seems a lot of fun, and I guess, uh, if I'm not mistaken, is it that whenever she attacks, everyone around her heals? <laughs> That's how it works? Yeah, I think the community has figured out that each time she hits, and it doesn't really stack, but each time she hits, she starts healing like 80 HP over 3 seconds, and anyone around her also oh, has that effect. That's all. I love that. I saw that That's when crazy. I read, did the readout of what her skills were. I was like, that is insanely cool. And oh, Josh, I know that like sounds that. like a lot, but you have to understand, she only has 250 HP, 50 of that's armor, oh, so that's like, she's oh, pretty easy to take down. Yeah. yeah. But um, but when they, someone figured out like if you like they do the shield bash thing, you can actually launch yourself, and people are like clearing gaps like that. It's they they get thrown all across the map. It's crazy. When I first heard that she was Torbjorn's daughter, I was like, "How do you?" I, I was thinking, as my mind wandered back to Rage, where you can able where you're able to do like those spider spider turret bots and have you follow them around in that game. I was like, "Would it be like that?" It's like, no, no. This is definitely oh. much different. This this seems to be a weird like mix of a little bit of Reinhardt skills plus. 
More some supports. of uh, yeah, Torbjorn's like like HP packs, I think. Well, well, Torbjorn did armor packs, and yeah, she does packs. HP. Well, her, her ultimate uh, gives everyone like a, a, a boost as well. Her, her ultimate's basically she does her best Lucio impression, but instead yeah. of healing with uh, HP, she heals armor for what does she dance? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure she has an emote, or yeah. will have an emote for okay. that. So. I'm, 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 she, she has a cool design, too. I like her design of her character and everything. It makes yeah. me want to go back and watch, uh, read the uh, the graphic novels that they put out for that stuff, because she did show up in the earlier ones. So, but Yeah, big thing for Overwatch was um, it's just been really interesting, besides playing Overwatch on PC, going from console version to much faster-paced version on PC. Yeah. Uh, just, it, it really... It's been a bit... How do I put this? I built a PC like four years ago. More, well, more like five years ago, but my current graphics card is an R9290, so more like four years ago. Yeah. And it's been holding up fairly well since then, but it's also getting to the point where it's kind of time for me to start thinking about upgrading. Yeah, like mostly my CPU, too. my... Uh, because my R9290 has four gigabytes of video RAM, I, I should be good with that as long as it doesn't die for another two, three years, but just between looking at what upgrades would be available for me now and how much they cost and looking at what my friends want to do to really boost their PC. Cause my old graphics card was in HD 7850. The reason I had to upgrade was because it was one gigabyte video RAM. And very quickly it became obvious that only having one gigabyte of video RAM was just not going to cut it after yeah. the PS4 and Xbox one raised the minimum specs for games coming out. Yeah, that's, that's mm-hmm. totally true. I'm at that, that, I'm at that point as well. Like I might, Andy is going to put out like a new uh, processor next month called like the Ryzen second generation or Ryzen two or something like that. And apparently it's, it's a pretty decent boost. So at least I can upgrade with that stuff. Video cards obviously might be uh, a little challenging, but Hopefully, I'll figure out a way to get around yeah. that. But like, I'm at that point too. My mine is about four or five years old. I'm on an APU, which is the CPU GPU combination uh, thing that uh, that the AMD put out before. Uh, so I do definitely need an upgrade at this point, especially with all the video editing. I found out pretty quick that uh, my computer is slow as hell when it comes to rendering stuff. So yeah, uh, a friend of mine is hoping to at the baseline at least get a. 1050 Ti, so you can run Overwatch in max settings. I've seen the 1060 on sale pretty often, actually, so maybe that that make good. The 1060, the problem with that is that right now people are dropping the uh, aren't buying the 3 gigabyte video RAM versions of them because apparently mining is getting to a point where you need more than 3 gigabytes of video RAM in order to efficiently mine certain certain coins for whatever reason. So while the 3 gigabyte version is going down to like, I don't know, like 250, 275 if you're lucky, the six gigabyte one is still around 350, which for a card that I believe retailed at like 200 MSRP, something like that. That's just sad. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. want to deal with that shit. That's why I'm hoping that Bitcoin completely fails so that we can move on from that. Yeah. We're the problem to- is it's not just Bitcoin though. It's also Ram and it's not, and you're thinking, well, yeah, there's phones. Yeah. There's smart devices, but they don't use the same Ram, but you use the same resources and you're using the same factories to manufacture that RAM. So it's not so much, it's not so much a uh, shortage in the uh, supplies to make the RAM. It's just the fact that all these factories are making RAM for all these other things that desktop RAM is harder to come by, which is why desktop RAM DDR4 prices are high and the RAM that's being used for the video RAM and graphics cards are also having a 
having well being affected by that as well. Well, that makes sense. I can see that. Yeah, that yeah. Hopefully, so we can move on from that. Yeah, I just uh, I'm trying to stick out with my uh, 970, and I, I really want to like upgrade like somewhat in the next like year and a half or so, or maybe hoping either the bubble uh, bursts on this whole thing Please. or. Or like they come out with the newer architecture, so people can flock to that. And hopefully, bring prices down to the other things. Like cards. I'll see. Well, yeah, I've I'll heard see. conflicting reports that once that does happen, once a new generation of hardware hits, that the only thing you'd really have to worry about with used cards, because the one issue that a lot of people seem to have as well, I wouldn't want to buy a used card if a Bitcoin miner. Well, nobody's mining Bitcoin with GPUs, but you get the point. <laughs> but. uh I've heard conflicting information. Some people say, well, if they were underclocking the cards and running them constantly, then that's actually better for the card because it's not contracting and expanding all the time. And the only thing you'd have to worry about is swapping out the fans, but I, I don't know. I I've don't also know. heard people say <laughs> that, that consumer yeah, hardware versus yeah, like workstation hardware about, is just, yeah. I don't want to talk yeah. about Bitcoin mine anymore, guys. So yeah, that's, that like, just, so I, I, I totally agree. But now I'm just like well, <laughs> imagining the listings for like when the bubble bursts of like the these Bitcoin miners, they just sort of eBay listings. Oh yeah, there's like uh, 500 it cards. <laughs> it has been, it has been, these cards have been underclocked for like three three years. It's still good. <laughs> oh yeah, like the power hasn't even been maxed. So apparently like, yeah, it's like the, it's yeah, got so, so it's best value. You're, you're, get, you're getting uh, the sun cheap and it's been underclocked. Yeah, it's get under, out no here. load whatsoever. It's ridiculous. Um, uh, well, I just me, want to upgrade yeah. my graphics card, man. <laughs> no, totally. I, I, I fucking, I I, I'm getting so sick and tired of seeing the prices. Like when they announce them at like six hundred bucks, and it's quickly at twelve hundred or thirteen hundred. It's just, I hate Bitcoin miners for the life of me. I, I hate them so much. Anytime someone mentions on Twitter, I'm like, oh, unfollowed. I hate your shit. <laughs> I'm not even gonna bother because I just cannot even read yeah, people just talking the other day, about. Just like is. my current graphics card is a Sapphire card because AMD and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, I noticed that their official Twitter, the Twitter that they linked to on their website, because I was looking to see if they had a step-up program kind of like Evga does, which, by the way, I'm going Evga next time just because, from what I've seen, they've been the least dickish in regards to yeah, gamers because of the step-up program. Well, I looked up the uh, Twitter for the uh, Sapphire page, and that Twitter, like, the very first thing I saw in their timeline was a an article about how to bit to mine uh, cryptocurrency. No, oh god, with like MSI or something like that instead. Well, uh, and I just basically outright replied and I said, "If this is how you're going to treat like your long term customers, I don't think I'm going to yeah. buy from you again." No, that's, that's that's some real shit. That's some real shit. That's like, very. That's like that's like the worst kind of people out there is the Bitcoin miners. I'll be honest. So. For me, because <laughs> I want to move on from that conversation. Because yeah, it's I'm so sorry for the tangent. No, no, no. It's it's like it's so uncomfortable. Like the the fact that that's like it's I good think to that's get an like update. <laughs> the economy at this point. Yeah, it's it's. I'm the more places drop bitcoins as like a currency for them, the better off everyone's. Especially because you see some companies like working together to create a new cryptocurrency for them like was it a tokyo takamoto like the anime news network and like country i don't know if you had like the whole setup that they came together to make their own cryptocurrency wait they, they're making their own cryptocurrency there was some shit about that yeah recently it was like last late last year or something like that they they announced that they're going to create a new one it's oh. there's so many different kinds of currency i mean yeah you have atari during doing their own thing partnering with that one company for that yeah. cryptocurrency yeah, yeah. Uh, i don't i freaking just Ah. anyway yeah uh, for me uh all i can say is that i played more i i, I 
beat Sword Art Online, Fatal Bullet, reviews up on the site. Liked it more than I thought it was going to. It was uh, kind of fun. Actually, like I said, it was uh, last week was fast-paced and interesting. The story gets better. They even got the, uh, what's it called, the Death Gun arc uh, that was in the anime, the second season. Uh, they do a little bit of that, uh, and you take over the role of Kirito, but it's nothing more than that. So I don't want to spoil it, though. Because that game's still relatively new. So. I, I've been hearing pretty, pretty interesting, like good things about that. Like yes. a lot of more people seem to be like liking it more than they thought they would. And I think uh, some of the some of some of the video clips I watched, I, I found pretty funny. Was they have the the vanquish slide where you can slide up to an enemy and jump off of them. Yeah, that's, that's really that, funny. That's, it's 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 kind of fast paced in that regard, and it's it's got like the the grappling hook adds a good element to it. The AI they still need to work on that stuff because that's what Hollow Realization, the other game I reviewed for the site for Sword Art Online, had that. Um, uh, in spades like uh, some very bad party ai and this one it's not as bad but i still felt like whenever i tried to tell them what to do outside of se- setting them to not do anything they still struggled to like you know revive me in time just sliding over the place and not getting over to me to revive me instead even if i put as uh healing as the um uh, uh what they need to be focusing on doing but Whatever. Uh, I still think it's it's definitely a better game than Hollow Realization was. Not a whole lot better, but definitely better. They're getting there. It's like, less bloated. It's just more fun. So that's all cool. I want to say about that. But the review's up on the site. Uh, and I'll have more to talk about next week because uh, I've got some big things planned for the site uh, that I want to share. Uh, but I'll save it for that when I've actually got some stuff to talk about. So, Josh... <laughs> you mentioned before that you couldn't attend last week's podcast, which is you know, perfectly fine. Uh, we don't force people on here. Uh, you were doing a lot of home improvement. I heard you like pretty much tore down your entire room to rebuild it. Uh, yeah, like so it was it was weird last week because Saturday uh, on Saturday we, uh, we got some uh, uh, workers in here to we've had long time plans to replace the carpet uh, in our rooms uh, yeah. with hardwood floor, so that went down. And then I don't know what I was thinking. I was like, okay, they're only gonna like we're gonna move some stuff. I thought took like the more of the little shelves out, and then it's like, oh, it's gonna be uh, quick, simple, easy. It's not, it can't be that bad, right? Uh, so yeah, like the uh, carpet, I, gonna, I know the carpet. I took out my carpet. I know it's way more work than you think it is. <laughs> yeah. So pretty much uh, what happened around like noon that time, they they did one of the guest rooms, and th- that was first, and then they went to my room, and then they're like, um, yeah, we're gonna have to like have you move everything and yes. like tear down everything like they can't okay. lift up the side of your bed <laughs> yeah. they need it all taken out yeah well yeah they took out the, the bed and everything but like all my whole computer setup and whatnot they're not just gonna like gently push down this i think no you just need this like out of the way like okay so i i used that that time as they were dismantling and i was dismantling everything and kind of like my heart breaking the process um to kind of start thinking about ways to rearrange my room because there's like the one big excuse to finally, hey, if everything's going to go down, then I'm going to rebuild it to the way that makes sense in my head that I always wanted it to, yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah, design. So, Josh is yeah, an interior designer at heart. Pretty <laughs> much. Doesn't know it. Yeah. Uh, so like it, while they were working on the, getting the carpet uh, out and placing it in the floor, like I was kind of like uh, doing some uh, uh, phone apps like kind of doing those interior design uh, things to move around and like kind of like brainstorming what I'm going to do as they're working on it. So uh, so by the time this uh, you guys were recording uh, last week, uh, I was basically back in my room, but obviously everything's still a mess. I was, so I was physically like rebuilding my whole PC setup uh, as the podcast was going down. And it's kind of a weird uh, way that I did it, but I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, because 
I, I finally did away with my TV. I, I don't need my TV in my room. I don't use my TV anymore anyway. So that opened up a lot of space. Um, so and then what, instead of uh, getting a TV uh, back in, I replaced that with a, a three by three shelf, about maybe four feet tall, four and a half feet tall. So it's kind of, it's kind of pretty pretty big, but that's yeah. kind of like the almost the great divider between my my PC setup and like my bed. So it's almost kind of like the halfway point in my room oh, where. Yeah, so I have, it's my my PC is like on top of that, and then all the other things like my external hard drives, any important documents, um, my HDMI splitter for to switch out HDMI's to for consoles to my computer setup, like everything's just there now, making that more efficient. So on hand instead of like having to get up and like squeeze between my bed and like the little thing in the previous setup, and and everything else, the probably like ninety five percent complete. I'm like getting my art books, the old strategy guides back on the shelf. Making sure all my games were at the right place on their on their shelves. Have little things. It, it's it's much cleaner and much more efficient. I'm pretty happy with how it turned out. It just man, I I, I was pretty surprised at how long it took to like rewire everything. It was kind of a a pain. That was probably for like a good three three and a half hours straight after Holy i went back crap. okay i didn't realize well, it was gonna be i was like you know maybe like an hour like no okay. no it, it was because i had like big obstacles to <laughs> like always those weird kind of kinks in the system of like oh shit the, this isn't like turning on or, re- or or working right like the first thing uh at the beginning was when i was uh hooking the, the router back up to get wi-fi back in the house um the the usds light kept on blinking so that means i had to like the finagle around with like the, the auxiliary cord or the, the coax cable i mean and um that that was kind of weirdly finicky then when i was trying to uh reboot my computer it was just getting stuck at the, like the loop screen with the with the motherboard logo and the windows 10 logo spinning around mm-hmm. and for the life of me i couldn't fucking find out why it was like getting stuck like that and that, that took me maybe like an hour, an hour and a half of like kind of speaking to friends as they're like tr- kind of troubleshooting my what what's going on. So the the weird thing that was going on with that was one of the externals that I hooked up um, wasn't was properly dude? loading. So I had oh. to like, but uh, but the only way to really like pinpoint that problem was I had to like disconnect all my hard drives except my main SSD ones, so internal and external ones. So it finally booted up after like like. 30 minutes of like kind of freaking like what the fuck am i gonna do no i don't want to restart windows i don't want and i'm looking through the bios if anything is wrong i'm like oh fuck it's like oh okay it's actually not as bad as i thought and then this all boils down to finally checking my uh, all the hard drives and one of the recent hard drives that i got for christmas like if we could see the i could see the folders and i access it but it wasn't actually loading up any file and the reason was I, I accidentally hooked that up to a USB 3.1 port at the back and it's hooking everything back up. So that's, and I thought that thing was broken and like, fuck. I was that's like, that's such broken. a weird, like, uh, yeah, it's, that it's not I- incompatible with that port because like for me, I've had some problems like that. And usually I just have to power cycle my computer and it works just fine after that. So that's. Yeah, it was bizarre. Like it just, just like hard hooking. guys. The tech's yeah. Hard. Yeah, because it, when <laughs> one thing's wrong, like it's like it could be a billion possible things, and it's like, and I'm like going to my friends who like kind of know this. It's like, okay, what what's wrong? And it's like, well, okay, tell us what's going what's going on. Like, well, this. It's like, I'll oh, try this. Mm, that's not working. Mm, okay, try this. It's like, okay, before we do the nuclear solution, it's reinstalling Windows and you losing everything. 
uh let's try this okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah i couldn't bear, bear to do that uh, every time that happens to my laptop i get really scared because i have so much important stuff on there that's why you yeah, need to have backups I mean, you know just in case that does happen really yeah but thank god like nothing really i didn't really lose anything in the process nothing's just, like gone it's it's good it feels nice to just kind of start over and with the hardwood floor i can now like move around more, more with the with my computer chair everything's much much easier to like move around like shelves i can just like push them instead of trying to fucking lift them that's um cool. yeah convenience that's always a good thing especially yeah, in a room uh, if you don't have a lot of real estate uh, uh space to work with so <laughs> it, it was funny because like uh, after all was said and done like uh, there was no way i was ever going to improve my wiring situation so just by the side of my bed by that three by three shelf it's just like two uh like not ex- two like power outlets connected to, like the, to the wall and have like six plugs each and it's just all fucking wired up because it's like for everything God. It's, it's kind of a nightmarish thing but it, it looks ni- it looks nice from my perspective because there's no not really any wires when i look at it but when you look go to the uh back side of it by my bed it's like oh this is where the real nightmare is oh my gosh well, that's good to hear that at least you got your room completely set up the way that you wanted it to. Yeah, uh, especially because you've got a lot of a lot of yeah a lot of tech junk in there, so that helps. I've seen the inside of your room, and it's actually yeah, it could have used uh, a cleaning a little bit, <laughs> uh, yeah. reorganization, I should say. It's not like mm-hmm. you have a dirty room, just like yeah, it's like you have a lot of like bulky like bookcases and things like that. It seems like that's better. Also, for feng shui reasons, I'm sure you actually feel better as well as a yes. There. For sure, that's actually a good way to put it. Yes. Uh, yeah. Aside from actually home improvement stuff, though, you've also been playing mm-hmm. some video games, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, just this week, the creators of FTL, uh, Faster Than Light, uh, released a new game, uh, Into the Breach, yes. and I've been pouring a lot of uh, time into that. Not really an RPG. It's a eight by eight game. It's a great game. Isometric strategy game. Yeah. It's it's presented as a strategy game. It's more like a puzzle game. Kind of the basic setup of it is it like it's it has the spirit of FTL in it, but it's completely different how it plays out. Uh, the the setup for this is you're you it's kind of fucked up. You're you take control of this uh, pilot uh, who's a time traveler, and one of the many 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 timelines that you travel into um, all get fucked up by bugs, much like you know the setup in the the Muv Love games. Um, kind of a grim situation. <laughs> Good comparison. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the first funny. thing I thought of of this when I was going into this. Um, it's like Starship Troopers. How, how about that? Okay. Um, and then it kind of contextualizes its roguelike nature by saying, "Hey, every time you fail a run, you you you're a time traveler, so you just go hop into another timeline, hoping that you can save the world from these bugs." And uh, so this is uh, all controlled by a, a, a team of three mechs, and you have the they all have classes like you have a brute class that kind of like the starting squad has like a brute class that kind of goes up and punch. You have one that's a, kind of a, a range attacker that's a tank, and um, and then an artillery unit that can like uh, assault units from the from the back line. And can you kind of and the whole thing around this into the breach is as you attack them, you can also push them around as well. So with the artillery unit, you can opt to maybe attack a unit or uh, enemy directly, but you can also hit the tile by them to push them like. You know, forward, backward, whatever you need, and whatnot. So on this 8x8 grid, it seems simplistic in the sense that uh, the basic controls are, hey, you obviously move around uh, with a, a confined space, uh, depending on like what kind of a, like mobility stat you have on your units. And then you can either heal yourself, attack, 
um, along the way, you can uh, gain upgrades, whether through rescuing like these time pods that um, fall on the map. And it's actually kind of neat because they contextualize these time pods as like, hey, there are other survivors, other time travelers that just fell onto this timeline as well. So, like, sometimes you'll get pilots from there. Sometimes you can get these uh, cores that can use to upgrade your mechs. And much like FTL, when you get these cores, yeah, you can redistribute them. So you can install these cores into a mech and then think of them as, like, your power supply. So you can use this power supply to either give them more health or more more movement speed. Or maybe you can uh, up the damage on your, uh, you know, main weapon. Or you can uh, equip like another part onto your mech that you have and use that to power that up so it's available to you. Much like you know, how you're managing resources in FTL on your spaceship. And like, hey, what do you want to power up on the, in these rooms in FTL? So it has a, a lot of the uh, kind of power management in, in that sense. Um, and the, the way it's structured is unlike FTL, where you're like kind of like moving from um, system to system, uh, trying to make like, you know, the final boss. Uh, and that as you're like kind of moving in a linear path, this one is kind of has these four island stages. As you kind of choose each island, um, you have the each of their geograph- geographical sections are kind of sectioned off into like seven to eight stages. Yeah. And there's these nodes. And then each of these nodes are like kind of like, you know, where the battle stages are. And you'll have um, uh, obje- different objectives, but you're always your main objective is try to. Uh, defend the buildings in it because you know, the buildings are kind of like your lifeline. They're the power grid. So if the if enemies attack your buildings, um, they'll kind of sap off more of your power grid. And once your power grid is completely depleted, then that's game over for you. You have to start a new run. Uh, there's also a random chance at times for like your your buildings to resist damage. So there's kind of the RNG factor in, in there. I heard there's like a lot of RNG, but that's kind of what FTL was like as well. I mean, I know some of the objectives and stuff like, you know, like attack the mountains or some shit. Like I, I do, I did see some footage of it. It looked fascinating. Like you were talking about the nodes, the different islands. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're presented with like seven or eight, but you only have to do like four or five and the yeah. rest of them are locked out. But like, uh, and it, it do, and depending on where you go, it also like the, everything around it gets like a little more difficult so you have to like decide which route you want to take uh, ahead of time so you don't yeah, screw things up it, it, it really it really emphasizes it's a genius game by the way it's, yeah it seems like it's, it's, it's really masterfully made I, I really love it so it, this is way less rng uh like you know lying less on fucking screwed over it'd be very little on this one and, and this one is way less rng because you know exactly what enemies are going to do on their next turn so everything is down to like kind of positioning. It's it, you played a lot like chess or even shogi in some respects, where you're kind of thinking not only about this move but maybe like five to six moves ahead of like okay, if you just move if you miss uh, position any one of your units, just like even by one tile, you can get completely screwed over. And uh, the they do a really great job of the UI in this game to kind of uh, make it very clear what's going to happen on the very next turn. So they'll give you like first like an attack order of like okay in this next turn uh the uh, like thunderstorms will hit these tiles and then and then and then right after these thunderstorms uh enemies two three and four will go act on these highlighted zones so a lot of the strategy in this is not only dealing damage but positioning uh your units and also your enemies so they say hey they're targeting your your mech right here why not you use your artillery unit to instead push them back so they hit uh, an empty space instead of your mech? So that, that's kind of where the puzzle aspect comes in it. And then, of course, 
you'll have to make trade-offs of like, okay, well, it's going to attack this building, but if you want to save that building, you'll have to position your mech in front of it so it attacks your mech instead to, to shield it from that. It's really fucking good that like uh, the main objective in this game isn't necessarily to comp- annihilate all enemies. It's just to hold out for several for several turns. So any yeah. node that you go into, it's always victory in like four or five turns or something. And then, so it's it's always kind of pushing you to to not be on the offensive, but also think about okay, you you just want to make it to the end of this stage at this point if you've already if all hope is lost. So just hold out just for a little longer instead of trying to like get you to kind of go up there and kind of uh, be, beat stuff up. It's it's brilliant and i'm kind of uh there's also like uh like seven other robot squads that all have their own different quirks i know like um this blitzkrieg team that i got uh that i unlocked has a completely different set of units instead of like a punching mech you have a mech that unleashes like a lightning wave uh over adjacent units you have one that instead of uh you know dealing damage it hooks onto stuff instead so it can get around by like hooking onto a building or like or pulling an enemy to it instead. It's a it's a it's a very very fascinating strategy game, and I love what they did with it. It's it's genius. It's great. I can't it's, wait it's, to play. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I can't wait to play more. I mean, the obviously the and it's kind of cool that on the, each of the islands that you complete in it, uh, after you complete the second island, you can go to the final mission right away, or you can go do the other the one or two more islands to get like more upgrades, get your mechs more powerful. So it kind of gives you the option of like, hey. Are you? Do you feel confident enough that you can like beat this run, or do you just need a little bit more time to hopefully you know get a little bit more powerful and hopefully not you know screw yourself over in the process? So it's cool. Uh, it's another well developed game by the by those guys. Uh, excellent. Yeah, it's it's amazing, and also like if you buy this game, you also get FTL for free. So that's right. uh, at least for, oh, for the time FTL being. By this point, I'm sorry. That's great. Just I'm thinking, man, but who doesn't have FTL by this point? It's been so many humble bundles. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so, you know, if people bought it on Steam and may have not seen it right away, if you check now, you should have it in your library. So get two great strategy games uh, for 15 yeah. bucks. Not bad. This is only available on Windows right now. I know they're going to uh, open up to Mac and Linux in the, uh, later at a later time. There's no announcement for like a consoles or mobile port yet. Hopefully down the line, because that's what they did, what they did with FTL. They eventually went to iPad and iPad version of FTL is pretty excellent from what I hear, and then you know this this is a game that let, would lend itself well to a ch- touch interface as well. Oh yeah, so, I think it'd be perfect yeah. for touch, especially yes. on like a, I'd love to play it on a phone. It's it's definitely one of those games that fits very well, especially because it's a mm-hmm. strategy game. It's not Twitch based or anything like that. So uh, it, last... it's tough. Like I I, I want to. Uh, this is definitely one of the like one of the best games I've played this year so far. It's already very tough for me to like say, oh man, this. Already yeah. captured my heart, especially when you go the harder difficulties. I'm sure it's going to be even worse. Yeah, I've only been playing. I've only been playing normal, and that's been cool. Yeah, that's that's exactly that. What I've been hearing. Kicking about my that. ass. So, lastly, uh, you've been playing uh, the recent release of the Girls on Panzer PS4 game. Now, for people who don't know, this is based on the anime uh, and the the manga and all that uh, that was released uh, a couple years ago, two three years ago. I don't know 
that concept of time anymore. Um, but they released it in Japan, but they also released an English version of it in Southeast Asia. So, yeah, it's uh, I've I've been seeing some great things about that. It looks a lot of fun to play in action. But you've been trying that out. I know you've been streaming some of that too on your own channel. But um, mm-hmm. what's your general feelings about it? Yeah, uh, I'm looking that up on how long ago Rose and Pedro was. That's actually six years ago. Holy friend. shit! Okay, I don't <laughs> yeah. know my time. That was 2012. Oh, Jesus. Christ. Yeah. It was a, it's a great show, by the way. People have seen it. Uh, yeah. It's legitimately a very good show. You wouldn't think yeah. about it when you think like cute girls, but the driving tanks and the battles can get intense. And I assume yeah, that's so, how the video game goes too. Yeah, the 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 premise of this because it's kind of out wild and out there, so it's, it bears mentioning is in in the show. It's all about this uh, high school girls uh, driving tanks, and the the whole concept of this is that it's a sport in that world called Panzerfahren, and it's kind of. I've seen some subs uh, like kind of look like that to tankery, but this it keeps it to Panzerfahren, and uh, kind of like a like tank matches go. It's kind of uh, these are a sport for like flag battles and annihilation matches. So let's say, hey, there, there's this uh, enemy commander unit, take that out, uh, and then you'll win the match because that's the that one has the flag uh, that you're going for. Or you can it could be like a straight up annihilation death uh death match. But to be clear, in that in that show there's no death going on, even though there's like tanks shooting on tanks constantly. Like uh it's all it's all in in spirit of sport. Uh yeah. and you know the basics of that is like the this uh high school girl um this pair of high school girls kinda like go into like this uh tournament to kind of save their school and whatnot. It's it's an excellent show. It's it there there is like there's not really a lot of like like gratuitous fan service in it. It's it's actually um, infamous in its TV run for uh, the director, I believe, uh, kind of deli- delayed an episode during its TV run because one of the uh, staff tried to sneak in a panty shot, and he's like, "No, no, 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 fuck that." That's yeah, I heard about that. Episode. It's like he's definitely one of those guys. that's like you know, it's it's pure for a reason, buddy. And yeah, the battles and is where things get uh, intense. Exactly, it's very much like a military tank otaku uh, driven. Uh, so the, and you know, it's an it's been one of my favorites in the past few years. So this is kind of like the their first uh, console game. I know there was like a, I think a PSP game or maybe a Vita game for. Yeah, actually, I used to own it for the Vita. So yeah. yeah. So this one is kind of kind of not World of Tanks, but it's still um, like a third person uh, tank uh, tank on tank action where there's a little bit of an arcade style to it where you can. Um, kind of drift in it once you reach a certain speed but then there's also like kind of like a boost dashing to like kind of get yourself a head start so it kind of does it's not like hardcore tank controls you need to know like the all the fine tuning and this like in world of tanks it's like no it's a, it's a lot more um open to like you know people who like me who don't really play tank games it does have tank controls obviously so to try to maneuver with your analog stick these days on that uh, is tough, especially since uh, there's a good amount of tanks in it. There, there could be like uh, big ones like the T28 or like the the KV2. Those are like just huge, hard to maneuver. But you know, like little ones like the little Hetzer or the the Crusader, which are a bit more finicky and will have less less armor, but are definitely faster. So there, there's a good array of that. And the the storyline in Dream Tank Match is kind of it's a, it's I wouldn't play it if you're not a fan of the of the show. No, I haven't seen the film. There's definitely four fans. Uh, it won't. It won't try to like introduce, you know, all these characters from scratch. The, all these characters know each other already. This is uh, takes place after the the film, and the the film for that is actually very good. And the, the whole setup is, hey, we're trying to make a new promotion movie, 
to to advertise Panzerfair uh, far into like you know uh, to to recruit people into it. So they kind of get all the schools together. Uh, they kind of have laughs and kind of review the events of what happened in the film. So all the stages in the story mode are from the film itself. And you know you have like these different objectives, like either annihilate all the tanks, get the flag, or sometimes get reach a destination and whatnot. It's it's more for the character interactions and kind of less so than the, like, the actual gameplay. Gameplay is like serviceable. It's fun. It's like a little bit higher than like a B grade game because it's all the all the character interactions are fully voiced, and there's a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, voice actresses who've worked on this project, especially oh, big sweet. ones. That's yeah. Awesome. So the, it it was cool to see them kind of have one last hurrah in this. Um, it supports uh, online mode as well, up to like five v five in custom lobbies and three v three like in more casual matches. Um, it it there's like a there's kind of a cool thing where like you can lock onto a target and then as you're drifting it'll keep itself locked on so you can kind of do like nice drift shots <laughs> with your tank. <laughs> just like just kind of a weird thing yeah, yeah. so That's it's awesome. a it's a it's a lot of fun it's a it's better than i was expecting out of like your typical like animated game adaptations uh you know over the past years i've had been kind of varying in quality a lot um I, I wasn't expecting like you know the the best kind of game and you know it's still kind of it's still very rough i'm working on a base ps4 and once it starts, like you know, putting on the tanks onto each other, like a uh, fr- like performance will drop. Uh, it'll can get a little sluggish. It's still playable, but I don't know how the performance is on the PS4 Pro. Um, and also, like the netcode for it isn't the greatest as well. There are you can see like you know when uh, players are, like moving around their tanks, there's a little bit of stutter that kind of irks me just a little bit. But you know, it, it's it's cool. It also has a mode where you can like um, design your own uh, tank. Uh, in a in a garage, so you can choose a tank, a color, and then and then you can like uh, fill them with like your crew members. And the, these crew members, like you know, have stat bonuses to them that you can bring online. But there's also this kind of this where the grind is essentially is. So after I was done with all the story mode, there was still a lot to unlock in there. I don't even have all the tanks in it. And then there's still all these crew members that I have to get, and all these crew members have like higher rarity versions of themselves as well. And there, there's no sort of like loot, there's no loot box or like card pack system in this it's kind of like hey you complete a stage like in in story mode you'll get a, like a, you might get a crew member or a support card or something so i can see it if people want to unlock everything might have to do a bit of grinding but it's 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 cool it's uh neat well that's cool i mean I, obviously that just came out and so like i mentioned yeah. before it's it is available with uh, english text and so people are interested in checking that game out for themselves. You don't have to worry about it being only in Japanese. So that's, that's a oh, good thing. I, I do want to mention as well that the, the English localization script for this game is actually very, very good. Like, oh. it's a big step up from what you saw, like, in the, the Super Robot Wars Moon Dwellers, that nightmare <laughs> like how that's localization. Your base. Like, it's the worst. It, it is the base. It's, it's bad. Even, even like, uh, the recent, like, SRWV, like, localizations, like, it's, it's good, but, like, the, you can see where they kind of, over localized it in a, in a weird way kind of like they lost the spirit of what they were trying to set to be to be funny like at some points of that game oh, which okay. kind of works but it's like it, you're kind of missing the point as well this one to the uh, other side this, basically this one this one is very good it, it, it captures the like it characterizes each of the like uh cast very well there are a lot of times in it right like really laughed out loud because they were very clever at how they decide to localize some of the lines um it's it's good uh, i i'm I'm very impressed that like you can tell that the people who worked on this game have a passion for girls on Panzer. I'm I'm very happy about that. Cool. So yeah, I guess that's it. So let's go ahead and uh, 
moving to the news of the week. Now, I said at the top that it's been kind of crazy uh, in terms of news, and uh, we'll lead off with actually the biggest story of the week. <laughs> so, Square Enix uh, released Chrono Trigger on Steam out of Woo! nowhere. They didn't tease it. They didn't like walk, Yay, walk it Trigger. up or anything like that. Uh, they, apparently... I love Chrono Trigger. Yes. So, uh, okay. So before we get into it, let me just uh, give you everyone the basics who are listening who may have not been aware. I don't know who isn't, but this is kind of what happened. So, uh, yes, they uh, released Chrono Trigger on Steam with a limited edition. Uh, So this is basically just the mobile version of the game uh, with some of the features of the DS release, including the extra dungeons. Uh, But they also added an autosave feature. Uh, and, uh, so that, you know, if people forget to save the game, I guess it's an autosave, not like the game really, you have to worry about that so much, I guess. Um, they also changed the sprites. Like they, they said they upgraded the visuals. Uh, apparently mm-hmm. that means doing what they Hold did on. with Final Fantasy five and six, uh, which is, uh, added some, uh, Bilinear filtering to the, the models mm-hmm. themselves, uh, that gave it this weird smoothing, but also messed up the original sprites somehow uh and they also uh remastered the soundtrack with uh yasunori mitsuda uh looking over uh as like supervising it uh you know i actually personally don't know if that was any better uh but the limited edition itself uh is only available to april 2nd and it has a digital song file maintaining containing a medley of five songs which is far off promise wincing battle with magus uh, Corridors of Time and Chrono Trigger, the theme song, of course, along with uh, the uh, Yasunori Mitsuda's digital liner notes and a collection of what they call six stunning PC wallpapers in varying sizes. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the limited edition, but the Chrono Trigger itself, of course, is going to be on Steam. But yeah, it is straight up mostly, almost entirely, a port of the mobile release. And the crazy thing about it is that, so obviously people are already upset with the way that the game looks, uh, especially with the user interface being just the mobile version. So if you want to open up the map, you have to move your mouse over and click the map button. Uh, but also, <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of disgusting. Um, it's got like a text box pop up when you try to enter a person's name. Uh, it's just got a lot of weird options for that stuff. Um, uh, so there's that, um, and you know it got plenty of backlash as a result of the choice that they make. But Square Enix also said after the backlash, uh, actually just yesterday, uh, they posted an, an update on Steam just saying, "Hey, we know people have issues with it. Uh, we're looking at it, and we'll let you know. If, uh, we'll let you know what we've decided on what to do." And so we made a post about that on the site that they they figured there's problems with it, and then someone responded, "Yeah, what about Nier Automata? <laughs> what happened to the changes? They're going to do that." Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! So has so... anyone played the, the this version yet? I no, not, no, I'm not. I, I love Chrono Trigger on Super Nintendo and Nintendo DS. It's because so Adam Adam Reese, uh, my brother, uh, who was also on the site, he d- bought the game, uh, played it for a little bit, and then got his refund. And so uh, apparently, like uh, according to uh, Steam Spy numbers, so it's not it's not hard to tell whether it's accurate or not. There's only six thousand people who bought this game. <laughs> so I imagine there was that, that, more. That number's far too high. <laughs> yeah, imagine there was more, but a lot of people got their refunds after they realized what it is. And you know, it, it's the it's the fact that, and this is like in tandem with the palm with Secret of Mana. 
Secret of Mana, of course, uh, they released the remake for that, and that's an actual remake, a 3D remake. And you know, people's opinions are are differ uh, uh, differ on what exactly uh, their thoughts are on the remake itself for Secret of Mana. There's a little bit of extra effort that went into it, but they made some questionable design decisions. I don't think that's uh, personally subjective. I think that's actually kind of you know, uh, broadly speaking, uh, they made wow. some changes that they didn't have to make, uh, and that seems to be what happened here because not only did they um, made some questionable decisions on uh the move to uh you know an hd release uh, quote unquote uh, but they also released an update for the mobile version so that kind of forced them into experiencing the same changes that it was Was yeah that's the thing i was gonna mention like the mobile version from what i understand was actually a decent version of chrono trigger before the update and this update kind of messed up the tiling, got all the filters in that the PC version has. Yeah. It, That's it's... the thing that like boggled me when I saw the screenshots of this one. Like the the, the fucked up tiling, the misaligned uh, environmental sprites. It just and you can see like the square patches. It was like, oh no, what the fuck are you yeah you're talking about the tile boundaries yeah that's that's yeah. the problem that's the same problem you know anyone who's seen like a final fantasy 5 when they show like the meteor and like the blocks you know you can see, uh, literally see like the the squares on each <laughs> pixel that's what we're talking about here it's like that's uh to be fair like this was also kind of an issue with the original super nintendo release but that shouldn't be something you should also have in 2018 yeah. if you're gonna. Do I mean, like it, you could get past that like a little bit well because it was meant for it was meant for CRT display. Displays yeah, and it's, you, yeah, obviously, you know, there's some like sacrifices made because yeah. you know you don't get the sharp detail that you would with that. So, you know, it, it's like they've got so many great examples, and like if you think about it, over the years, there's been some great work done uh, on emulators uh, with people who have worked hard to. Uh, fix up the game and make it look even better uh, in, in terms of like the quality of the of the sprites and all this stuff. It's crazy because if you think about it, uh, you know, Square Enix could have easily just gone out and hired those people and have them uh, do the work for them and, and release something amazing because that's what Capcom did with the Mega Man Legacy Collection. That's like mostly people that hacked the ROM and uh, yeah. the ROMs for those games and did something amazing with that. Like that's, they should be able to embrace the emulation scene and able to, and, and like use their work and, you know, pay the people of course who did that stuff and able to put that out. Like it should be something so simple because there's definitely this other is, examples. There um, should be like a, like a celebration of other like finest works. And this is like filth that we get. This is, this is horrible. This I'll, is, I'll tell you uh, one thing. Uh, ultimately fucked up. Earlier this year I played, uh, actually it was like late last year. I played, uh, wonder boy, the, the dragon strap, uh, you know, that game mm-hmm. that, that, that came out, uh, right. A while ago. It's, it's that it's actually, I think that's like the perfect thing you could possibly do because they didn't what have they did, that thing where, Oh yeah. I think you're going to mention it. Yeah. Go yeah. yeah. It. You're, 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 we're probably on the same way, but there's that not only did they, uh, upgrade all the visuals to make it perfect for high-vis screens and all that. Um, But they also allow you to switch back to the original look if you want to at any point. Um, So that's that's a great feature uh, of the game. But it also has everything you could possibly want for modern release, like 16 by 9 resolution support, uh, and, 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 and like what I mentioned, like you could swatch back, swap back to the original visuals, but also the audio as well. So like, and that's something that even like, you know, um, uh, Double Fine does with when they remaster their adventure games. It's that you can hit a button and look at the original version, but hit the button and go back to the new release. Like, how can these Those companies cool. get them so uh, do this so well? And Square Enix, who's got way more money than mo- most companies, like screw things up. 
Like, Hell, you, you you see Atlas and Vanillaware. They did this, the the same thing with Odin Sphere and Lifestyle Series. They yeah. have the not 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 only the remake, but they also have the original game inside that package, like a, as a selectable option in the main menu. And not only can you play that like original game with like none of the like, the the shitty frame rate problems, but you can also uh reshade it back to four by three and have the, the original aspect ratio display on it on that original mode. And that's fucking cool without any of the blemishes. Like, of the original version of that game. And yeah, yeah, fuck, it's, man. it's so cool. I mean, it would have been cool if, like, for example, that Secret Nevada remake, you hit a button, you go back to the original visuals. Because that's, so that's like, you're basically pleasing everybody by doing that. You're like, okay, if I want to play the original game just on a bigger screen, you've got that option. If I want to play with the 3D re- uh, visuals, you've got that. You know, it can please everybody with that. And you've got this emulation scene that's pretty much documented every single aspect of the game itself every nook every cranny uh they fixed all the bugs and glitches and things like that even created like i know there's actual like editing tools people have made their own maps in these games you know like for example super metroid is just blown completely out of proportion people adding like randomizers making their own maps their own levels their own bosses and Mm -hmm. things like that it's insane what they've done with that stuff I don't think there's any excuse that Square Enix, as long as they, you know, adhere to the open source licenses, they could straight up do a lot of this stuff. You know, we talk about, like, Exceed earlier. It's that they've paid fan translators to help do their work, you know. It's like, you don't need to do this kind of, like, you know, half-assery, you know. It's yeah. it's, it's a shame. And people well, go out and say, like, like you know, Quarter Trigger is still a... I'm sorry, James? Not to mention Exceed even has Durante, like, doing a lot of their PC ports nowadays. So, I mean, that too. Yeah. I think this Chrono Trigger release stings even more is because the people who want to obtain this legally have no fucking choice but to be stuck with this. Because if you want to, like, at least in Secret of Mana, if you don't want the, the remake, there's, I mean, it's always in the Super Nintendo Classic if you can find it's one. On Wii, you and, know, and, it's, and it's like, but it's, you know, uh, like, at least Secret of Mana is at least available well, to play in a base in a base Super Nintendo Classic. I, I will say, uh, to be fair, though, the mobile version of Secret of Mana is also really good. We're talking about okay, Chrono Trigger. Cool. Secret of Mana is even better because they actually upgraded the visuals a little bit and it, it's noticeable with like the newer art and everything. That actually is a pretty good version. To be oh, fair... Oh, awesome. I, I have no idea. Yeah, you yeah. should check that out sometime. But the Secret of Mana, I will mention the Secret of Mana uh, remake recently... I don't know if it's recent or we'll be getting a patch soon that fixes some of the problems that I had with the game. So that's cool. pretty cool. That's why I didn't put too much effort into like the bugs and glitches of that game because I knew it would be patched anyway. So it's like, you know, that's kind of my feeling but at least but in this one though like people who want to get play a uh chrono trigger legally like are have no choice at I, this point unless uh, unless they have like a super nintendo or or still have their ds with the with the game lying around well it is on the, the wii virtual console but that's shutting down this month the wii exactly console. so you <laughs> so, won't be able to get that that's like actually one of the last places you can get it it's well, kinda, to be fair, you can get the playstation, PlayStation version <laughs> I don't. I would not. So you, uh, so someone you who played through that version. <laughs> but I, I, I just, I just want to mention. Also, you, you talked about the emulation. It's that you know, I did see in some of the comments. It's like, what are you even complaining about? You could just download the ROM and play it that way. It's like, yeah, if I want to play it illegally, you know, that's not the point. It's that Come you know, on. there's something great about the emulation scene. Like I said, uh, that they're able to take a game and completely break it up and, and fix a lot of the problems that it had. But it, it shouldn't give. That shouldn't be an excuse for Square Enix to you know just not put effort into something that's so amazing which kind of leads us to the next topic that Square Enix this past week teased something related to Valkyrie Profile Lenneth. Uh, I'm, I don't know if you guys both uh, both of you saw the post. I'm sure you did because you're you know Square Enix fans like I am. But um, it's because we're fans that we're so you know 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it hurts big, because the we love critics. You know, that's that's the thing. <laughs> uh, they put out a trailer for Valkyrie profile in it. That's just uh, basically a, mostly a background with uh, the character talking. First teaser, twenty eighteen. Yeah, and they, they, have, they haven't announced. They haven't announced any platforms. They haven't announced what this project is. There's no. There's no well news whether it's a re, uh, remake or remaster. And it's gonna be a mobile all, port. I guarantee it. Well, you know, that's that's you the know. thing is that I mean, let's be let's be honest. Like that's definitely that's that's very much what's what seems like it's yeah. going to be the case. But it's like the, it makes you realize that Square Enix has got such a rich library, but they don't know what to do with it. <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the, the only things that really uh, like give us a hint of like maybe it's a mobile port is because before it came, went up on Famitsu's site proper, it went up on their uh, Apple uh, mobile site, the app.famitsu.com. And you know, anytime a game is featured on there, it's usually for mobile platforms for iOS and Android. It's, it's uh, kind of hard to tell if that's insight though, because straight exactly. up in that same article, he just says, "I don't know," but I'm just guessing because exactly. no one knows. Yeah. yeah, but that's you know, that's why, let's, be, let's be true. Let's be honest. Like that's most almost. We're, we're trying. We're trying to uh, like delude ourselves that it's not. But it no, after after Chrono Trigger and Secret of Mana, it's like I don't have a lot of <laughs> faith. A lot of, of what happens going there. I'm not saying this. Like, let me be honest. Let me be clear because I reviewed Secret of Mana remake. It's not a bad game or anything. Like the the remake's not bad. It's just that I know they can do better, and I feel like mm-hmm. that's kind of the Square Enix like mantra at this point, which is weird. They announced a big shakeup in their company this past uh, week, with like, for example, Naoki Yoshida is, is moving up in the world apparently uh, as a director and executive, along with Katase and, and some of the other uh, important folks there. But like beyond the shakeup, it just seems to seem like they've they're willing to you know innovate. You know, it's kind of nuts. I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully, this Valkyrie profile Lena thing isn't as um, underwhelming as it looks on its face right now. <laughs> it, it's kind of interesting, um, and I know I'm talking about this podcast, but it's because I've got all this stuff bought on my brain. I really want to talk about in this podcast. Yeah. But like, um, there was an update on the Unsun Story Kickstarter that's been that thing was over about four years ago. And if people who don't know, it's that it it Playdeck who ran the Kickstarter originally. That was the uh, strategy, uh, the, excuse me, the tactical RPG that was being held, like Yasumi Mitsuno, the creator of Final Fantasy Tactics and Tactics Ogre um, and, and other games. Uh, he was helping to design the game and that was the big selling point and I got a lot of backers. But then that all fell apart over the last uh, a, a couple years following that. And then Little Orbit, who is mostly a mobile developer, took over the project. Um, I mean, the fact that they're a mobile developer mostly and a publisher, uh, put that aside for a moment because they've been doing some amazing things on their updates. Like they're very honest about the problems they saw with the original and saying a lot of things that made people who backed the Kickstarter originally very happy. And they're very, uh, they're very upfront about the decisions that they made. Like the most recent update was basically about how the creator, uh, because the play deck had basically fallen out of contact with Yatsumi Mitsuno, he went over to Japan and met with the guy and, and talked to him through a translator, and they were talking about uh, some of the designs that they had. Uh, for example, in the original Kickstarter, they had this weird like triangle grid. Uh, you know how most tactical RPGs have like a square grid? You know, you move squares yeah. to get up to an enemy and attack them. And mm-hmm. the uh, Unsung Story original Kickstarter, they proposed a triangle grid, which used like the the matrices like it was it's a it was a very bizarre thing the perspective on the concept art was way off and so they didn't know how they were going to proceed with that so they decided to go with the square grid instead um apparently yasumi mitsuno took issue with that and he even said like where's the innovation at and he's like oh we've got these great things like you know these the sound design with the with the combat with the magic and these cool things like 
fluff, window dressing. It's nothing. Uh-huh. And he was like, oh, wow. <laughs> He's being super uh, serious about this. It was, it was impressive. And he just said, why'd you remove the triangle grid? He straight up asked them, like, why'd he do that? <laughs> and he, he said um, something that was kind of enlightening. And this is kind of the person that Mitsuno is. He's like, I never make the same game twice. You know, I always try to do something completely new with each game I make. Um, uh, try to do something uh you know innovative innovative and something imp- impressive that i'll be proud of doing and you know uh he just kind of left it at that and it made them come back and realize that yeah that's right we shouldn't make a game that was released 20 years ago we need to make something that people haven't seen before and i wish that more developers especially square enix had that attitude and i'm not saying like you know the Valkyrie profile and the Chrono Sugar stuff has to be something at that length where they're going to like remake the game in that in that breath. It's that it's that they respect the the medium and that they're willing to do something fresh and and, and try something that uh, they take risks with the property that's so old. Like even if the original game exists, Chrono Trigger, for example, outside of the DS release, and it's funny that we even posted like you should probably just buy the DS game instead. It's like it's it's one of those properties that's kind of going away. Valkyrie Profile, outside of the mobile game, it's not on PSN, at least in America. I, I, I actually, is it in Japan? I think it's in Japan. Yeah, it's, it, but yeah. it's not America. Unless you buy the original PS1 release, it's not on any virtual consoles or any like uh, the PlayStation Store or anything like that, uh, in English anyway. Um, the, there's the PSP release that's out there, but that's not on, on PSN either. Or the, the DS, you can get the Coven of the Plume, I think that's what it was called. But that's like the sequel or whatever. It's not like a, the original game. So I wish they would just have that same attitude. Basically what I'm saying, put Yasumi Mitsuno back in charge at Screen That would be pretty cool because he's <laughs> apparently still like kicking around. He's still doing some amazing things. I mean, he's helping with the Final Fantasy XIV uh, Evil East stuff. So I hope that that means he's in and he's going to do some big things. Maybe he'll do something with Tactics Ogre. That'd be pretty sweet. I'd love to see I'm something. Still, I'm, still, I'm still really wondering like, um, what, what happened to that Lost Order project that yeah, was right. going on with uh, Platinum Games. That was on a beta thing, and then after that beta, it's been radio silent. So. Yeah. Isn't that what like, <laughs> Akiko Yoshida was also helping on? I, yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's yeah. probably been paid off by Graham, uh, by side games at this point. We don't know. <laughs> Apparently, he had a, a ballot of Akiko Yoshida. Speaking of which, he was helping on Unsung Story as well, but he had to back out because of Grand Blue Fantasy <laughs> contractual obligation. Oh, wow. So that game is just taking over it's... everything, every dream projects. I can't, I can't, like I have to imagine like the the schedule for that and what you have to do like for future events. On so that. Just, your, your schedule's filled up. Yeah, your, your schedule is just too much at that point. It's just too amazing. Well, let's uh let's move on before I get too much of attention here because like I had a lot of a lot to think about this past week with that stuff and I wanted to share it with everybody who's listening. So, uh, the next big speaking of shit show, oh my gosh, I feel so <sighs> bad for Sega. So, um, people who don't know, Yakuza Zero, uh, they released a demo for that uh, in North America, Japan, and Europe. Yakuza Six. Yakuza yeah, Six, right? Uh, excuse me, Yakuza Six. They put out uh, a demo for that. What happened was that uh, they actually released the full game by accident. Uh, they, the people who were playing the demo uh, suddenly were able to go beyond what they thought was like the limitations, which was chapter it, There's two. only the North American uh, yes. release, uh, demo release. Josh, not, you not talked about this. I've been talking a lot. You go ahead and talk about this. Yeah. So when they uploaded the, the North American uh, version of the Yakuza 6 Song of Life uh, uh, demo on P- PS4 uh, earlier this week, uh, people quickly found out uh, after downloading that massive like 40 gigs, I want to say, uh, demo. Say. Yeah, um, that, hey, there's actually like nothing that's really restricting us from um, 
you know, completed like going on to the game because this was to go uh, cover the first two chapters of the game, and then some people who actually got their hands on it uh, saying, "No, there's no boundary here. We can just keep on playing and playing." And, so, and it turns out, and they immediately took that down uh, once word got, got out was that was the full game. So whoever uh, was able to download it like within, I want to say within the hour of that releasing, hey, you got the full game. But the, yeah, yes, you have to, but. Now the, there's uh, there's reports of people who have those. Uh, their licenses licenses are being revoked. Yeah. So if they so they have their PS4 has to be offline for for that to remain uh, the full game. But that that sucks. I mean that's a lot of uh, who know. I, I actually don't know how if if it's a significant chunk of of lost sales because this came out on a weekday when a lot of people uh, were either still at work or driving home from work at the in the US. Um, this was like I think Tuesday or Wednesday. And um, I can only I, I can imagine that like a chunk of the people who got it were already like you know big Yakuza fans that you know will probably keep the hold on to their pre order you know support the series I I know the Yakuza community is generally pretty good about you know wanting to uh, support that but you know that either way that's a that's a PR disaster that must really suck yeah. on the inside I try to explain hey we accidentally released a full game we're sorry we immediately you know. So there's probably some was... people who actually beat the game at that point because I know that happened to uh, Amplitude, for example, like a, a couple years ago. They oh yeah, that's released right. The mm-hmm. trial version, but it unlocked the full release. Uh, but that also was the case where they revoked the licenses. So you know you can't be upset about that uh, when they revoked it, that because you know that was a mistake to begin with. So like yeah. you're like, okay, well that's it's that's just it's just one of those things that like I think people should stop trying to put de- demos of having their full game in as a demo and putting artificial like. You know restrictions within that full game, yeah. like little gates. Oh, like, uh, Deer yeah, Factory made happened. that mistake too, where they actually released the the game like a week before it was supposed to, because they didn't notify Sony in time. <laughs> that was, oh no, that's happened. Like I think uh, uh, was it yeah. a trillion? I think it was that had that problem. Like they put it. Yeah, out. and I think it might have been two weeks early. Actually, yeah, that's that was. Yeah, uh, those demos bad. always have all sorts of things. I remember like for like a year or so when PlayStation Plus was first a thing on like PS3. The way they would do the free games, quote unquote, would be that you get the demo and then you get the full game unlock. But yes. if they did that and any game that um, used the full game unlock as the PlayStation Plus thing, as long as you had already activated the full game unlock, even if your PlayStation Plus had lapsed, because it was it was um, based off the demo and it only checked once like to see to activate it in the demo, oh, this is the full game. Once your PlayStation Plus lapsed, you'd still be able to play the game on PS3. Oh, interesting. That's kind of, uh, and actually, that actually makes a good segue. Uh, I want to, I mean, we will move to the next topic after this, but I want to skip down to the bottom that we've got here. It's that PlayStation Plus, uh, which is awesome. And in March, they're going to actually have Bloodborne. And so, oh, finally. Tuesday. Hell yeah. yeah. I've, I've been holding off buying it until it actually... Oh, man. And you're in for a treat. Is this only the, the base Bloodborne? Does it have the yes. old hunters with it? Oh, as the base. Well? Okay. I, I imagine they'll do like the discount for old hunters and all that. But like, I yeah. I if, you, if you like what you play, you should get the old hunters as well. I think I think old hunters is like probably top five best like DLC expansions like in a game. I heard it's I heard it's pretty damn good. Didn't they put out like two DLCs for that? And one of them wasn't that great, but the second one was better. Mm, no, it's, a, it's I think I think it was only the old hunters the for Bloodborne. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, I just want to attach that the other piece of news that they revealed uh, as well that um, apparently Sony's removing PS3 and Vita games from their monthly games uh, for free uh, that are part of the package starting uh, the first week of March of 2019. 
and uh, people are thinking, you know, maybe this will mean more PS4 games. Nope. Still two PS4 games, uh, and that'll be it going forward. Wow. So it's like it's like Sony's cutting, like basically cutting costs by doing that because they don't have to worry about contracts. And I'm sure they were having trouble even convincing developers to put up those games anyway because uh, I imagine doing PS Plus on anything is kind of difficult for, for contract workers. But um, the fact that they're charging 60 bucks a month for PlayStation Plus and we're only going to get two free games out of it compared to what is now like six games – they're gonna to have to work a lot harder to convince people to keep their subscription. I think at that point. Yeah, they they need they need to announce something this year to uh, to say, hey, don't worry, your PlayStation Plus uh, subscription is still worth it. Yeah, it's crazy because if you think about it, like, you know, it's like we're getting less. That's all it is, and it mm-hmm. doesn't mean that they have to put up big games. I mean, Bloodborne obviously huge, but it's down to like ten bucks now, so it's not like it's that significant. Even if it's a great game, they put out Knack last month, so that's you know we're getting we're getting. <laughs> we're, we're getting, getting some there. heavy hitters we're, we're, we're. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, i just think it's like you know uh, you know they've got so many games now that they can just kind of feed us like shovelware at this point and that's and i'm I'm concerned about that like they did mention that as long as you've obtained the license like uh you know add the game to cart and check out with it it's like as long as you have your playstation plus membership active you can still re-download it so even beyond march so even if you've got like old beta games you can still get those so that's not a that's not the problem uh, I just hope that they add some real incentives for that. Like personally, good lord, I just want PS2 hardware backup. I mean, that's that be being able to play my old PS2 games on my PS4, like Xbox One has with the, with their Xbox 360 games. I would love that so much. Like if that's got to be a perk only for those people, that I'll pay. I'll happy to pay for, pay for that stuff. But you know. I don't even use my Xbox that much. But <sighs> Xbox Live is so much. It's such a better value right now. If you if if you're looking at both of them, and let's say you're maybe not just playing RPGs or exclusives, but you want a system to play games on and with your friends, it just seems like just I don't know what Sony's doing with PlayStation. I mean, that's, that's, that's the thing is like Microsoft is so much more eager to you know find people. I mean their their division is not doing so hot lately, especially. So I assume that's obviously part of it. But also like they gave out Lost Odyssey for free, <laughs> you know, and that's part of their, like, backwards compatibility. Like, they added compatibility support and then gave it away for free for a couple months back in 2016. So, like, they clearly care a lot about their consumer, and Nintendo clearly and look cares at what as they're well. Doing with Games Pass, like, they're having, like, pretty much every, well, literally every Microsoft exclusive from last year, they said, to onward is going to be on Game Pass. Yeah. And it's like, gosh... That's amazing. I mean, obviously, it's not a ton of games, and this year is kind of questionable in terms of what they actually have to offer for people. I mean, CFDs looks incredible, but that's like that <sighs> possibility of like a Halo. But uh, I mean, I I played CFDs; it's a lot of fun. Um, but um, I played it too. I I, I, I it depends but, on the people that you've got. With. It's, it's probably you know you got to role play that shit. <laughs> that's 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 how you're gonna get your fun out of that game. But you know, it, it's it's the thing where like uh, you know I think we've talked about this enough uh, that you know Sony has a lot more to do because their hubris is showing and it'd be great if they actually had something to show for fans instead of just taking step away because i well, think see, that they just had a big shakeup in their company now yeah. a lot of uh, company reorganization so we'll see how that pans out yeah but it's still the same leaders you know still sean Layden, still uh jim jim ryan i think his name is uh in europe uh-huh. who's you know apparently didn't think the Nintendo Switch is worth caring about and didn't think the Vita's got, got a lot much left in it. I mean, it was obvious that at some point they were going to move the PS3 and Vita games because, good lord, like, especially PS3. That game's 
that that ship's long sailed. Uh, even if they put out Yakuza and Persona Five last year, it's still the case where it's like that's still here. They put out a new FIFA game this year, but that's about it. Um, the Vita, sadly, is just that seems like that's just been a dead horse uh, due to Sony. Uh, yeah, it's it's also you also have uh, the whole thing with you, you can see that Japan is slowly trying to move away from the Vita and making it more for Switch. Yeah, now, and I think that's where the Vita just, scene is going to go. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. exactly the case. I, I mean, I, I, I'm fine with that because that their games suffer less for it if they had, at least they can move on to better hardware. Because you can see that, especially those, those recent Atelier games on Vita. <laughs> yeah, how about Vita Two? Maybe a better hardware would be Vita Two. Nah, it's at this point, I don't know. Like the thing I love most about my Vita is just that a certain games just so great for it, like rhythm games. Like I played Project Diva on that thing, and I could not play that on console because it's so much better. I my reactions a lot quicker playing those games on there. So, like, if it means playing it on the Switch, perhaps, but just the possibilities are so much greater for the Switch compared to the Vita, so I don't blame them for wanting to move over there anyway. Yeah, I also like the the, the Switch's uh, touchscreen f- functionality for, like, games like Voez. Um, I've never played uh, that, that on, Voa, on Switch yet. That seems like a good that, that game's really fucking good on Switch. It's it's a very... It's, it's one of probably one of the best values on Switch, like, rhythm game-wise, and they keep releasing, like, three new songs, like, like I just I think the most recent patch like just added like fourteen new songs with all their difficulties straight up for free. And there's there's like no like paid DLC for that game. You just you just kind of add more songs and updates to it. And I think I think maybe like two months ago they finally added the ability to like play that with a controller and put it on the dock if you so so want to as well. I but I think it works much better. So I mean that I think Boa is on Switch is secretly one of the like secret hitters like. Well, in that on the system, like one of the secretly like one of the best games on that. Man, I'm just waiting for them to announce Grand Blue Fantasy for the Switch because I think that'd be like oh a showstopper because <laughs> that's like that's insane. Yeah, why don't you start getting like like give mobile game adaptations? Like, Grand Order, Grand Order. Yeah, just <laughs> straight <laughs> up like that's no one would want anything but a Switch at that point. Yeah, I mean that that would actually be kind of cool because like they, they, those uh, games have account transfers on it, so you're not really giving up much. No, really just use the browser to... on the Switch uh, that is for I guess that's only for hotel logins or whatever but that that's apparently what people have been exploiting as well so so i mean i would just have to use my my, my phone as a hotspot for my switch to connect to that yeah and you're good to go at that point i mean honestly like that's a switch is perfect for that stuff and that seems like what people are gearing it towards anyway there's been more and more mobile games getting poured to that system lately uh if you check the nintendo download weekly stuff it's like yep that was a mobile game yep that was a mobile game uh so uh that's a demo also yep. yeah exactly oh yeah yeah uh me an enemy expo man that's cra- it's crazy to think about oh yeah grand blue yes yeah mm. that impacts uh maybe we'll throw nuts it there uh but going back to the demo snafus that we were discussing before same thing happened to final fantasy 15 yeah uh this is a weird thing because the fa- earlier on this week uh the final fantasy 15 windows edition uh demo got released on uh, steam i think it got released on origin as well i forget um but people found out. I don't know how the fuck they found out. But uh, whenever you preload files onto an Origin game that allows for it, like say FF15 is going to be on Origin as well, that those files aren't in, uh, encrypted like no. Steam's preloads are. So people were able to. Oh, they still uh, haven't fixed this. Oh my I god! I remember this. I remember yeah, this. Yeah, they haven't. Yeah, they so haven't fixed I... it yet. Yeah, so this was a problem all the way back in like 2014 when Titanfall came out in Origin. Because I remember I uh, preloaded Titanfall, and if you still had the demo executable from when they had the like week of like 
the beta on PC. If you still had that executable, you could just plop it in and play the game as soon as the preload was done. Yeah, so so people have found that same thing here where you preload the game files on uh, on Origin and then you put you the use the demo executable from, from Steam, Steam the onto that and then it works. Yeah, I, I think I think some Chinese hacker group like felt like was able to like uh, make those files kind of like talk to each other in a way that unlocks the full game. And then uh, th- this also actually, kinda... I I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't really do anything besides just plot that demo executable in Origin because that again that's what happened with Titanfall. Well, that's and yeah. I, I should mention that it's because the Steam version uses Denuvo, which is the uh, anti it's the it's the uh, protection anti-tapering. software. Uh, yeah. but the Origin version does not. <laughs> that's yep. also part so, of it. Yeah, so the Steam version, you have to be always online. So people who are finally found this loophole, not only the, can bypass the Nuvo, but it people have found that the, the, for some reason, the full version is like somehow like 20 to 25 gigabytes like smaller than like what they're making you preload or download on Steam. It's fucking bizarre, man. It's it's, it's, a, a it's mess. like PSN where they got to find like they basically they load up the space and then take it away. It's that you're straight up just making you download more shit for them. It's yeah, and the, the, people have data caps. Come on, man. This already this totally is, random. Already... Totally random, but that reminds me that Overwatch on PS4 is like 25 gigabytes, but on PC it's half that, and I still don't have any clue why. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I, I, I'm sure there's a good reason for that. I just don't know what it is. <laughs> it also it also sucks because like people who have data caps like already have to take a big hit for FF15 because like the base version is like 80 or 90 uh, gigabytes, and if they yeah. want like the 4K, it's like 120, uh, 140 you, gigs or something. Yeah, like it's that. like 150 or something oh like that. God. It's but not that you should be if you're on a bandwidth cap anyway. But still, you know that's that's ridiculous. This sucks. If you want to play the yeah. best version of that game, you can't if you have a cap. Caps suck anyway. Who cares? Get a service yeah. that doesn't have it. I was so happy so, when I moved here and I didn't have a cap. I was that was such an amazing thing. But yeah, demos, that's, stop fucking them up. <laughs> yeah, that's out there. Stop screwing up, developers. Learn how to. Actually, that's more like an EA shit. Like they they screwed up. They need to fix that shit because you know. Yeah, I don't know why they no still have encrypted their files. Yeah. Origins just that again tangent discussion mm-hmm. for another day. But just it's always been a problem with Origin. They've been a very very lax service from what everything from yeah, everything. That's that's kind of how it is. Uh, but. I'm sure that a lot of publishers, especially Square Enix, is like, what the fuck, EA? Get your shit together. That's because, uh, seriously, it's, it sucks being the person that has to sit around with a preload and you can't play the game and people who pirate the game are able to. So, But that... hey, if you're, if you're playing, if you're, at least you have that data in there to put a Sims crystal on your FF15. That's 50 true, record. man. Those Sims 4 things. When I first saw that, I thought it was Mom's actually team. you get the free version of Sims 4 with the game. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Is this collaboration? No, it's costumes. I was like, oh, this is worse. <laughs> this is this is like mm-hmm. they did the Assassin's Creed thing again. It's like, what is Final Fantasy anymore? Seriously, just what is it? <laughs> that is noodle commercial. I mean, to be fair, Final Fantasy Nine had that Coca Cola commercial, but that was just an ad. It wasn't like okay. If people costumes. if people make a mod for FF15 that turns all the NPCs I don't like into cup of noodle cups. Then maybe we have raw to some. I was straight up like that commercial, like the straight up the, just the cup of noodle costume. Yes. Oh my god. I guarantee not even twenty four hours. Well, I wouldn't be surprised oh if that mod's already done. Yeah, it's probably already done with the way that Origin did that shit. So yeah, it's probably, someone's already. I mean, I'm excited about the mods, but but this has to this has to be like if they have replaced all the cup of noodle shit, like Gladio has to have always like a hungry expression on him. Oh, he's like oh super hungry, and then yeah. Just, yeah, just like staring at them, all the fucking NPCs, like, oh my god, god, ridiculous. Mm. Mm. Let's let's get this let's get this over with. I, cup noodle gives me a stomachache just thinking about it. Uh, 
we only got a couple more pieces of news that we can discuss uh, from this past week. So apparently, Mary Skelter Two was leaked uh, ahead of time, uh, and it was funny that that when they found that out, like someone had like the box art in the wild or something like that, and then like Compile Heart responded on Twitter. They were having like this big reveal in about a week, and they just posted a picture of one of the characters crying because <laughs> that's all they could respond to it. <laughs> so oh, yeah, no. actually, I've got the I've got the news post up here. So yeah, it's that. Um, they had some dubby packaging that was used to promote the game at the retailer. They it it showed up, so yeah, it's gonna include uh, Mary Skelter uh, two, and actually is gonna include a remake of the original Mary Skelter Nightmares with it, and it's gonna have some updated balancing and maps with that. Uh, Sounds yeah. very much like Fairy Fencer F Advent Dark Force. Pretty much, pretty much. Like, and, uh, but you know, I mean, it doesn't. It's not gonna be so much like that though, because that's just like the that's the remake of the original game, but with like a different path you can go down um this is just straight up the original game and the sequel so it's like they the both of them in a single packaging oh so there's like digimon story cyber sleuth yeah thing. yeah yeah yeah. so it's going to include the original game but like, glad uh, i didn't like play the original game yet then yeah, it's like a compilation <laughs> kind of thing um so yeah that, i mean I, I i had some issues with the original mary skelter like it had a cool art style but like the story itself was pretty very tropey and very bland uh, so they could do a lot better with it, and so I'm, I'm hopeful. But yeah, uh, Cabal Heart will have a reveal on uh, March 10th about that. So I guess we'll be fine about that. Soon. Mary Skelter the West is only on Vita right now, right? There's no yes. PC version or anything. Yes, yes, that's that's okay. the Vita version only. Uh, I've got a review up on the site if you want to learn more about that. But it's like a dungeon crawler. I think I remembered mentioning that it was basically Mori Chronicle but dark. <laughs> that was like the only yeah, difference. I, I, I had an appointment with IF at E3 last year, and they showed me a little bit of it. I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. That's, All right, yeah, well, it's, it's yeah. nothing special. Uh, I believe that was the only game that actually had to show it at E3 last year. I think so. Yeah, they didn't. Obviously, everything else was still waiting announcements during their press event uh, that they held in uh, December. We got to talk about memes in in, in between. Oh boy, what? Did you ever? (laughs) Did we ever? What kind of discussion is about memes? uh, Planning out memes in advance, thinking like what's going to get stale over time. It's it was intense. That sounds like the fucking worst. Memes are sucky. Meeting about the meme economy. Yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, they published the Neptunia game, so that's like. If you want cap, if meme was like a currency, if meme was cryptocurrency, they mine the shit out of that in the Neptunia game. So that's good. I'm half surprised. Uh, okay, so I didn't make like a net coin or something already. Zach, I think you just like found out the plot of the next mainline Neptunia <laughs> game. I, was, I, swear oh, no. God, I bet if if it's not a Neptunia V2R. I'm sure they're going to make a game with cryptocurrency is like what are the like the nefarious oh. like themes that they got like R4 is going to like that's going to be her big thing is like she figured out how to mine for bitcoins or some whatever the <laughs> currency is that's because they got I mean that's it seems like everything's like a couple years behind in every new game it's going to happen topics. it's going to happen yeah, congratulations you just, you just wrote the story you're welcome pay me now uh, <laughs> last piece of news here because I I already got like a I have a bad taste in my mouth just thinking about cryptocurrency. Um, Bethesda, this is kind of a surprise in a way because they don't really do these things where it's like they announced that they're going to have a showcase event like they do in other E3s uh, for this year on June 10th, which is the Sunday. Um, They obviously don't hold showcase events unless they've got something to announce. Uh, We know for a fact Elder Schools won't be there because they already said they have two big games to announce before then. Uh, so I was curious to hear like what you guys think might be announced. Like I can definitely see a new Elder Schools Online expansion, but what else could they possibly have there? 
They're well, something new for Prey, so it might be some new... That, okay, yeah, they showed the It'll planet, right? The like something like, ah, what was that Dishonored 2 expansion that was standalone? Uh, oh, I think that's it. I think that was awesome. the last thing. I think they said they're done at that point. Yeah. Well, no, I, I'm not saying that they're going to do anything more with Dishonored 2, but I know that there was a standalone expansion for Dishonored 2. The, and I the feel like Death might... of the Outsider, I think? Yeah, that's why I thought it was called, but I wasn't sure, so I didn't want to sound like an idiot. Uh, I think <laughs> well, they might like... do something like that or for Prey, maybe? Yeah. Because I think it's too soon for Doom, because the last few years they've only announced games that were coming out that year. Uh, so the Doom DLC isn't too far off. No, they, they, no, they, they said they, they weren't going to do Doom, Doom single player DLC, and they oh, definitely yeah. kind of set up for a sequel. So if Doom is going, Doom Two Doom is going two. to come out. Doom it, Two, that's just as broken two. as Doom Two was. Holy shit, Doom Two was such a mess. Uh, I kinda, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't this know is why I hate reboots of franchises that just go the name of the first game well again. that's like that's what the battlefield people were calling it battlefield 2 for a bit the new one that's supposed to be set in world war 2 apparently but then it became about battlefield 5 with a v, v like roman numeral which is something japan does i don't really see it like people in america doing too much so that was i guess they're based in in, in europe so maybe that's i don't know that's kind of weird. Anyways, if there's going to be a Doom 2016 sequel, I don't expect it this early. I'd say probably 2019. So I don't uh, know. Besides the Prey standalone, that could be this year. I, I could definitely see it happening because obviously last year was Wolfenstein 2. And so I, I, I can definitely see it. I, I would actually personally... I think well, that's, I'm, that's, that's I'm kind of basing it off of the gap between the first Wolfenstein and, this tril- and the trilogy that they're doing right now and the second. And that was a three-year gap. But Granted, there was have. a standalone all expansion right, right. between them, but yeah. it's time. It's time to reboot Wet. <sighs> wet. God, that fucking game. So it's gonna be Wet too. There's gonna be possibly no, no, no. It, it, it won't be Wet too. It'll just be called Wet, like how Wetter. Just... No, <laughs> like, okay, Wet too. Moist. <laughs> That's actually gonna be the sequel name. God. It, it'll actually just be all. all, all it's just be an acronym: W, capital W, period, capital E, period. Capital T. Wasn't that the, like this? Uh, that game came out like around the same time that John Woo game came out. What's it called? Like uh, Stranglehold. Stranglehold. Yeah. Didn't that come out around the same time? It was like no. the era of like the knockoffs. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was around that era because I because I know Wet was oh nine, I believe, and Stranglehold was oh eight, maybe. What else did Bethesda do? I'm like blanking on what possible. Like, what else possibly Bethesda can do at this point? Because, like, yeah, they, like we know, like I said, they said there's going to be two big games, and, like, it can't be DLC. So it's going to be Wet 2, it's going to be Doom 2. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Oh, no, Stranglehold was 07. So, yeah, it was definitely within that era, though, that people wanted to get in on that uh, yeah. uh, action-style game. I, I don't know. But, let's see, there's already going to be, like, there's already going to be, like, a remaster of Rogue Warrior, so it can't be that. Okay, Fucking that's Rogue it. Warrior. Brink. Brink? <laughs> Isn't that, that's the game where oh, it was no. like the big thing was that you could like uh like jump over parkour yeah it's a, yeah parkour multiplayer type deal <laughs> that came and went is that was that from like uh who's the people that made it like that was was that the turtle walk people like the left for dead people or is that somebody am i mistaken of something uh, it was splash damage i believe was the developer who did oh, that okay. i mean if you're I thinking of turtle walk you're thinking else. of evolve yeah okay yeah you're right sorry that was that's totally something else i know that um Man, what if they announced they brought back the Prey 2, original Prey 2, the one with about the bounty hunter <laughs> That'd be kind of ideal. Yeah. I would love that so much because that's exactly That'd, be a, that'd be a weird turnaround on that. It's like, oh, yeah, we're actually going to revisit this again. Yeah. It's like a weird yeah. Catch-22 situation. 
I would love it so much because at this point, like that, that I think that'd be I'd be really excited to hear about something like that because at this point, I just don't even know anymore, man. I just don't even. I, know. I don't. Yeah, I have no idea what the maybe maybe they'll try something completely new that doesn't rely on like a past name. That would be cool. Or, I want something. Or it could be more VR games because they did Doom VFR and Skyrim VR and Fallout Four VR this last year. Wolfenstein VR, eh, maybe I don't know. Honestly, I would, I would I'd love to see them take on like a space game, like a, a space sim. That'd be pretty cool. Like take the technology that they've made so far and make something even different. Because, you know, to be fair, like Bethesda, even if Doom underperformed from everything I've heard, like 2016 Doom uh, was apparently didn't sell that well. I could still see them push forward for a sequel even this year. So hopefully we're here that soon. But that's, that's it for the news of the week. Uh, we've got, I don't know, what else to... Look forward to this upcoming week, but that's that's kind of the big thing that we've got right now. Uh, so I'll let you guys know where you can find us online. You can always find us on RPGSite.net. You can always find us on Twitter at RPGSite, the handle. You can also find us on Facebook.com slash RPGSiteNet. Our YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash RPGSiteNet. You can find us on iTunes, your favorite podcast app, just search for TetraCast. You can find us there. You can also find us on Discord, and our permanent link is discord.me slash RPG site. Lastly, I'd like to share where you can find us on Twitter. So where can they find you, Josh? You can find me at HDKirin, H-D-K-I-R-I-N. Where can they find you, James? They can find me at the suite at T-H-E-S-W-W-E-E-T. Great, and they can find me at Zachary. So that's it. For this 101st episode of the TetraCast, uh, uh, thank you, James. Thank you, Josh, for being a part of this one. And thank you all out there for listening. But always catch us next week for yet another edition of the TetraCast. Bye, everyone. Roll out. Roll Later. out.